wish you knew more stuff. Wish you were more helpful around the house or had an understanding of something that people are talking about at a party. Don't worry, you're not alone. That's why we have enlisted Skillshare to help you out. That's right, Skillshare is a proud sponsor of the A7FL and the A7FL's three-on-one podcast. We want you to get in on the good stuff now. So go to the link right below in the description or wherever you're watching this or go to a7fl.tv slash podcast. Click the Skillshare link and you get a free 30-day trial because you are a fan of the A7FL. So do the thing. Head on over right now to a7fl.tv slash podcast or click right in the description below if you're watching us on YouTube or if you're listening to the podcast right now. Do the thing. Click the link in the info below and sign up now. Do 30 days free because of us here at the A7FL. Well, because because we love you. We want you to have cool stuff. And now back to this piece of A7FL content, more than likely showing my face. three-on-one podcast. I'm Matt Ryan, and this week I am solo. That's right, Big Rob, Fabian, Corey Hammond are not with me, and you're seeing some highlights from the Schnow Tribe OTA that we attended last weekend over in Rahway. And next week on the podcast, Corey, Rob, and I will break that down alongside Zach Morgan and Cole Gardella, who tried out for the Schnow Tribe and may have a shot at making the team, but that'll be next week on the show. Going to be a shorter edition of the three-on-one this week because without Rob and Corey, I don't know how long you guys can listen to my voice sustained over a period of time before you want to claw your ears out. So we're going to play it very close to the chest this week. But we promised on the A7FL social media that we will announce a winner of the A7FL MVP, and we will do that in just a moment. If we're wondering why we're not doing our podcast from the Snow Tribe practice, The audio file was a disaster. I don't leave things out in the heat, folks. That's all I'm going to say. But our video footage is fantastic. We have some great mic'd up content. Shout out to David Silverman, Ron Clerk, and Jared Wright, who were shooting footage all afternoon. So we'll have a ton of content for you guys next week and in the coming weeks here on the 3-on-1 podcast and also on a7fl.tv. But let's talk about the most valuable player of the A7FL. And let me talk about the voting process a little bit. So this year's awards, we partnered with our friends over at Unify who bring you the Game Breaker NFTs. And we want to see and build our own A7FL fan community. How do we do that? We create opportunities like the A7FL awards for this year. Last year, we had some fan voting. This year, we upped our fan voting by offering fans a free A7FL football. Three random users were selected to win a free A7FL football. And good congrats to them. I love my A7FL football. You can always see it every week here on the program, except this week, because my dumbass doesn't know how to work equipment. But the process was we sent out a ballot to A7FL coaches, executives, team managers, anybody who had a level of executive experience in this league 
a opportunity to nominate two people or two games per category. After that, we established a fan vote on a7fl.tv. The fan vote decided the finalists of each of each different category. So you would have the top three in some categories, top five in some categories make it in because it was a percentage threshold. So that fan vote did certainly count. But when it came down to the championship committee, which was a group of media people, journalists, A7FL personnel, it came down to stats. It came down to the intangibles. It came down to what we saw on the field this season. So if you're a fan of the Sin City Chaos and wondering why Dre, you know, Dre Pope or Keno Thomas did not win the award, they were going up against talent like Scooter Hamilton, going up against Trey Baskerville, guys who showed out this season and showed out against, you know, arguably tougher competition. So I think that played into a lot of it as well. And congratulations to all of our winners, Savion Cunningham, Deserve it of winning Returner of the Year. Trey Baskerville winning DPOY uh, for his performance on the East Orange Renegades this past season. And Scooter Hamilton, even though he doesn't seem like a rookie, he falled under the criteria and had an amazing season. Over 31 touchdowns on the year. And the Offensive Player of the Year, Mark Bagway, it's hard to quantify his impact offensively on the league. And next year, I cannot wait to see what happens, whether or not he is on the night crawlers, because the rumor mill, and we'll get to the rumor mill in a minute, is fucking insane. But the MVP of the A7FL, it came down to three finalists. And the three finalists were Mark Bagway, RTC Wilkerson, and Quatrell Huffin. And... For the second time, Quatrell Huffin is your A7FL MVP. And when it came down to it, what I believe the panel saw was Mark Bagway, you take him out of the game, He's it's a tougher sell. But he has Logo Davis. He has Deontay Henderson. He has different players, BME Keys, who are impact players on that team. And I think that was the same argument for RTC. Because you had Matt Kenny blocking the line. You had Scooter Hamilton at quarterback. You had Davik Clark. You had, you know, Munchie on the outside as a wide receiver. There were so many weapons on that team. But when you look at Quatrell Huffin, and in seven recorded games this year, over 1,000 yards passing, and offense, defense, rushing, he rushed for six touchdowns this season. That is an insane number and 15 tackles, one sack, three interceptions. Quatrell Huffin, if you take him off the Animals this year, I don't know if they win more than three games. And I think that's the consensus from those who voted on the cha- on the awards panel this year. And congratulations to Huff. A well-deserved award. Well-deserved to any of the finalists, any of those three finalists who certainly made a case. I know Matt Kenny was someone that I talked about. I know Big Rob Fabian put his vote for Matt Kenny, and that's a hard thing to argue, but the fan vote did not get him to the threshold, and that is the uh, live by the sword, die by the sword thing when we uh, tried this new concept this year, but don't be afraid, we'll tinker on this, and if you have thoughts, head on over to a7flfantoken.com and leave us a note or on social media, search the A7FL on every single one of your favorite social media platforms, 
Come hang out. Say hi. But after that, we had the Schnow Tribe OTAs this past weekend. And speaking of Quattrell Huffin and Trey Baskerville, both of them were there alongside Kenneth Stewart, who played on the Renegades last season. A lot of interesting faces, a lot of interesting names there at the OTAs. And a lot of my conversation around the day was built around Huff. You know, right now, he told me and Corey Hammond and Alex Silberman that he's preparing. You know, he's he's auditioning teams. He's seeing where he can fit in. He's seeing where he can be a top-flight player in this league and win a championship. For him, it's not about being the best in Jersey anymore. He told me that it's about winning a championship. He wants another A7FL championship and I think that that might mean he's moving on from the Animals in this offseason. We already know Isaac Gomez, who was a Rookie of the Year nominee, is now on the BIC. It'll be interesting to see what Sayer Hancock does in the offseason. Uh, a lot of different moves up in New Jersey, but Trey Baskerville also might make a move with Huff. We don't know. Like, they were there, they were talking. I don't know what they were talking about, but I know that Trey's immensely interested in in all the opportunities available to him now. And you know what? We saw that Isaac Negron last year. Like, Isaac Negron was the DPOY, and after that, the Schnow Tribe made him the center of their defense. Whether or not he does that this year, or if Isaac goes to another team, or if the Schnow Tribe can pull back-to-back DPOYs in free agency, that'll be crazy. And the fact that the Schnow Tribe are having OTAs and tryouts in August, we're just over a month removed from the A7FL championship, and teams are preparing for the spring season, which won't start until March. Like, our 10th season is a ways away. It is an entire NFL season and the almost the draft away. And these teams are already putting in the work, putting in the effort and the energy. It's awesome to see, and we're seeing tryouts all across the league. In L.A., we're seeing them in Ohio. They have them in Boston this weekend. So if you're looking to play in Boston, head over to A7FL Boston on all your social media for more information on what Denzel and the team over there are doing because the pressure's on. They're seeing – the other divisions are seeing what Vegas is doing. The other divisions are seeing that, oh, this is a full-year commitment now. And the fall brawl last year, I think, set that tone. I've heard rumors about other fall brawls. I've heard about more workouts, more OTAs. I know the Schnow Tribe are having another workout in about two weeks from now, week and a half from now. So it will be interesting to see who they pull out of it because right now is the opportunity for every single team in this league to get the championship game or any of our highlights or anything that went viral And going to these flag tournaments, going to workouts, going to flag games and all these other opportunities across New York, New Jersey, Boston, wherever you are. And showing potential athletes and players these highlights and showing them the opportunities. There's so many advantages now in recruiting for the A7FL because of the chance to win not only get a part of 25 grand in prize money. But the exposure that we get now, the opportunities that are available more than ever in this league, the combine we had in Bullhead City yielded two guys opportunities in upper leagues. 
one guy got a shot at the NFL. And for those opportunities to materialize now as we enter our 10th season, and the fact that we have a 10th season, not many leagues at this level of football, and even in the levels above us, get past three to five seasons. The USFL, the XFL, their prior iterations, XFL landed on one full season twice and half a season, and that was the pandemic, but whatever. And the USFL lasted about three or four seasons in the original incarnation and just got through its second. So when you look at the fact that outside of the Arena League and the American Football League, no, not a lot of leagues have made it to the 10-year mark, and the A7FL has, and if you dig into Town Beef's history, we go back further, but as an actual league, the fact we've made 10 years is absurd and is a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant accomplishment for everyone here in the A7FL, and I'm proud of it. And the Schnoe tribe can maximize this. They can show those highlights. They can show that they're aligned with Deion Dawkins, who's an all-pro in the NFL, who's a magnanimous dude. Uh, we talked about it in the episode that was destroyed, but like what he does for his community, what he does for players in this league, getting them cleats, getting them gear, getting them opportunities. How do you not want to be a part of something like that? And I think that's a huge, huge weapon that the Schnoe Tribe are going to build off of this season. Whether or not that yields them Huff or Trey, who are vets in this league and are kind of not in it for the glamour, they're in it for the football, I, at least for Huff, Trey. Trey is one of the most audacious, and I mean this in a good way. He feels like our Ricky Henderson because Trey will show up in an exotic sports car and just have this over-the-top, like, there's just this exuberance about him and this energy. And when he sacks somebody, he dances. And it's fantastic, hilarious, and I love that about our league. I love that we can have guys like Trey Baskerville be themselves. Guys like Snag Sosa, who can be themselves. And out in Vegas, like Scott McCorkle and all those guys doing the, uh, the, the bottom scooting, uh, what my dog Olive does when... She needs her glands relieved. <laughs> but the OTAs and all that lead us into free agency. Let's talk. We were just talking about Vegas. Let's talk about Vegas. Trey Robinson and Tone Smith are moving from the Insomniacs and are looking to start their own team. It looks like they'll be playing in the fall, building their own squad. We know that there's a bunch of new teams out in Vegas for the fall brawl and how those metastasize into the national schedule in the spring will be interesting. I don't have any word on that yet, but as soon as we know what that's looking like, we'll bring it to you here on the three-on-one. But seeing Trey and Tone, guys, that walking into this season, Corey, Rob, and I, and a bunch of prognosticators in the league saw as the weapons for the Insomniacs because of what they were able to do in the fall. But as the season went on, Trey was gone for a few weeks, and we saw Scooter Hamilton step up, David Clark step up, Eric Shuford step up, RTC was RTC, Matt Kenny being a revelation. Uh, when you take a look at what Tay was able to do before he got suspended, they have a litany of weapons, and now I think it's Trey's chance to show 
what he can do on his own, whether or not that yields him the same amount of success he's experienced so far in this league, winning in the fall, winning in the spring, will his desire to win be and his athleticism be enough to get past the Insomniacs, to get past some of these other teams? Because gravity might be gone for some of these teams. We're seeing Savion Cunningham jump with uh, with Trey and Tone, and that's a huge three huge weapons right there. But they're going to have to address the offensive line. Defense outside of Tone, they're going to have to answer a lot of questions there because once you get past the Insomniacs, sick with it in the force, defensive weapons are not bountiful in what we saw in the fall and the spring in Vegas. If they're able to recruit and they're able to get some great talent in the secondary or great linebackers, if they're able to poach some players, then I think that we'll see the fourth team in Vegas arise or put them in the argument for the top three because we don't know what's going to happen out there. There's so many questions, so many cause for potential calamity, but... It'll we'll have to see over the course of time whether or not Trey and Tone leaving the Insomniacs will be as crippling as if Matt Kenny and RTC left, because then at that point you've got your be- the best offensive lineman in the league is gone, and that exposes you to so many things. Trey, you could put in so many positions, but a specialist like Matt or guy like RTC who could play both sides but is so important to your offense and has become was the focal point of setting up Scooter Hamilton on his throws. It'll be interesting to see. And if I was asked this question back in April, I would say, of course, that would be a huge problem. Like, they wouldn't be able to do anything without those guys. But we saw over the course of the season... Sorry, my sinuses. We saw over the course of the season the ability for... The Insomniacs to have those guys step up because Trey was gone for a couple of games. And there were gaps that were filled and they were still rolling over teams. And then we look out east and there are a lot of people talking in the background about where things are going, who's going where. The, the, the free agency pinata has been busted open. And I have spoken with players, I have spoken with team managers, I've spoken with a litany of people across this league. And for me, it seems that we have finally entered a -a 52-week-a-year league. And I've heard a ridiculous rumor that was confirmed to me that one team in the league, offered the run of the team to a player. And we've seen that before in this league, and we've seen it before in sports. Look at what LeBron James has been able to cultivate as with player empowerment. But the value of a player who can bring people with him is worth its weight in gold. And I think a lot of these guys who saw the West win a championship, 
see the Northeast get knocked out. They're looking at all options. We talked about the nuclear option on this show a couple of times. The all-pro Jaffos have talked about it with Huff, about mergers and things like that. I think we're going to see at least one team in this league shoot for the moon in a way that is unexpected. And I think that the top two teams in this division, maybe even the top th- one of the top three teams in this division might get affected by that. I think they're going to be one of the teams that pulls that trigger and goes all in on a specific player and a specific pathway. And whether or not that happens is going to be interesting, but I feel like that's the path we're going towards. And as we move on here on the podcast, I have a cool announcement to make. A couple of cool announcements, actually. Uh, This December, live on a7fl.tv, we will have, for the first time ever, a free agency special right here, hosted by the three-on-one. That's myself, Big Rob, and Corey. You know that already. You're listening and watching to the goddamn podcast. But we will have a special show, uh, and we'll have more information on it as we go, but it will be in late December, and we will have players from all across the league announcing where they will be playing in the 2024 spring season or 10th season, and the headliner for that will be Quattro Huffin. Uh, Quattro Huffin will be joining us this December. He let us know that by by Christmas, he will know what team he's playing for, and he will be making that announcement right here on the three-on-one podcast when we bring you that announcement special in December. But that also leads us into what we're working on here on the three-on-one podcast. We're experimenting. We're trying different things. Uh, you're probably tired of hearing my voice for the better part of 20 minutes. So we'll wrap up with these two quick notes First and foremost, we will have the first-ever A7FL All-Pro teams announced later this year in around September, maybe closer to October. Uh, We'll have that process begin, and hopefully by the free agency special, we'll have those announced. And a process that will take us through opening day is the A7FL All-Decade team. We will be building the best A7FL team in history, with players at each position who are all decade players. For more information on that, we'll have that here on the 3-on-1 podcast in the near future. But some things we're working on here in the A7FL media team, and we're so excited for these projects. We're so excited to bring them to you. And we've got some other stuff in the pipeline we can't announce just yet, but it'll be some great stuff you'll be able to watch on A7FL TV and I'd like to, again, apologize for technical difficulties, but you got to see some cool footage, and you got to hear me talk for a long period of time. That's what everybody wants, right? Right? Fuck. Well, for Big Rob Fabian and Corey Hammond and all of us here at the 3-on-1 Podcast, I want to thank David Silberman, Alex Silberman, Cole Gardella, Zach Morgan, and you for joining us here this week. As always, don't be an asshole. (laughs) 
You already know I'll try. Hey there, it's Matt Ryan. Are you enjoying this A7FL podcast? Well, I'm glad you are, because that means you can give us money. That's right, you can buy our merch right now at tinyurl.com slash a7fl merch. That's tinyurl.com slash a7fl merch. Up there right now, we have some Thick Boy Season merchandise. We've got some Hus Hus shirts. And also, we've got some Corey Hammond-related merchandise coming soon. A Corey Hammond, Corey Hammond's t-shirt, hoodie, and a whole lot more. You can get all of them right now, sent to you nice, comfy, and cozy at tinyurl.com slash a7fl merch. And also, you can find it in the show notes. Now back to that podcast you like.